Hello and welcome to the Sock Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sock Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sock Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Ashley Zell, who owns and runs Lundstrom Florist. Ashley, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hey, can you give us a quick intro, Ashley? Who are you? Who do you love? Give us a snapshot. I am a uh, chaos coordinator, I guess to say the least. I never know what I'm walking into. Um, I live in Polo. I'm originally from Sterling. My husband made me be a transplant to Polo. He's born and raised. That's where our kids went to school. So Mm. we're hoping someday here in the next few years to find the perfect forever home, Mm -hmm. get ourselves to Sterling. But yes, I um, am a creative weirdo who has cleaned flowers since she was 11 years old and Mm. fell in love with, I guess, every aspect of the flower business and kept going back for Mother's Days, Valentine's Days. I would take time off from my regular job or career, and then I would go and play with flowers or run around downstairs, help however I could. So I always, I always got myself back to the building and now I'm, it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. How That's super cool. And and it's been, you've been uh, owning it and running it now for how many years now? For two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. So 11 years old and that was at Lundstrom. Yes. For Jerry Froliger, my mom, she hired my mother. My mother's still a designer there and they asked me to come clean roses because too many showed up from too many suppliers one day, I believe. Some, mm. Somewhere along those lines mm-hmm. where deliveries kind of overcame the shop and they had to get flowers cleaned rather quickly and into all the different coolers. So then there I was, stripping roses of leaves and thorns. Yep, yep. And then, like you said, off and on over the course of the rest of the years, what was that journey to get you then to taking over the shop? You, you mentioned some other careers. Kind of what, what's that the story of Ashley that, that brought you now to owning and running Lunch and Florist? Because Lunch and Florist is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, flower shop definitely in this area. Maybe you were even saying in Illinois, because when did it open? 1904. 1904. We're coming up on 120 Years. I know I want to do something really cool for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but how did how did you come to own one of the oldest flower shops in the state? So I did what every kid does after high school and want to get out of their small town. So I ran away, became a bartender. So I actually worked at Planet Hollywood in Margaritaville. So I talked to, I feel like, every type of human being there mm-hmm. is every type of personality mm-hmm. from every type of country. It was, re- it was really cool to kind of see all of that. Um, and then I had to figure out how to wait on some of them who couldn't communicate with me in English. So I moved back home after family starts having babies and, um, you know, life-changing moments, weddings, things like that. I felt like I was missing out on all of those things because it's a small town. You know everybody. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's lives are changing, and I was missing out. So I moved home, yep. and I just really started working for small business owners, and all the people I worked for were huge parts of the community, which is completely different from where I was in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's everybody's very goal oriented, you know, the next move, the next move, the next move. It's not growing the community there. Mm -hmm. So that was something really, really nice to move home to as people that I knew my whole life are stepping into all of these roles and growing something and changing something for the better. The next move that they have is to invest here. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, not moving onward or upward or outward, but staying here, investing here. And so when you move back in the community, what year is that? Um, I would say, I think that was 2009. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. After high school. So I was gone for three and a half, four years. Um, and bartended, of course, around here, got into sales, working with all types of people. Then you work with business owners to people who have just left a funeral, mm-hmm. you know, from standing behind the bar. Mm-hmm. And I realized I've, you know, I just, I love helping people. Mm. Is that, is that a thing that has always come naturally to you when you were younger as well? You liked talking to people even as a kid and stuff. Tell me a little bit about why, why do you like to, like you said, help people? You know, it's, I think it's different. It's fueled differently now that I'm older my reasons why, but when I was younger, I just loved it. I don't know. I don't, it just, it, it, it warmed my heart to just see other people's reactions when they're having a bad day. Like now at the flower shop, if somebody's crying cause of a loss of a family and we can take that grief and turn it in to laughter and jokes and good memories. And they're leaving, you know, the shop giving us a hug like those, mm, like mm-hmm. when people leave, we're like high fiving each other at the shop. Like, yeah, that felt good. You know, mm-hmm. it really, it, it's, it's really good for everybody at the shop, not just the people leaving. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, obviously like uh, as a flower shop, there's the, it, most of your interaction with people are for big milestones. Is that correct? Like absolutely, it's, it's weddings, funerals, mm-hmm. holidays, retirement parties surprises um, yeah like does it does that give you this is a weird question does this give you like a, a skewed v- vision of like human experience because like when you see people there are like they're big moments like does it make you like feel like the rest of life is more mundane no you know it's actually it's actually nice to take somebody who thinks they're not doing enough and telling them like you're in here doing something mm somebody else didn't think about mm. for this event mm. like take take what you're doing and be proud of yourself because yeah. what you're doing is so thoughtful when like we love being thoughtful mm. and then helping them get more creative with it like we'll, we'll kind of talk them through it notice little things that they're saying or like what was their favorite color what was their favorite this oh they didn't like that okay well let's not do this you know we 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 kind of make them almost customize it themselves and Absolutely. feel good about it when they're in there. Like, I don't know what to do with, with any, any of this. Okay. So that makes me think of a little bit of, it, it's more of like a guide role. You know, you're, you're guiding your, your person through the process of creating it themselves or, or thinking through the process themselves. Cause I mean, I would assume the average person, and I'll, I'll just say me, the average me, if I walk into a flower shop, I have no idea what to look for. I don't know what things are called. I don't know how big is too big of an arrangement, you know, and it's it, it's intimidating. And so you take that experience of someone walking in with whatever they're coming in with and then the intimidation of I don't do this often and I just know I want it to mean something and you help them go through that process. Um, why is it important for you to allow them, the, your customers, your uh, people you're working with to have part of the creative process. I feel that the more creative and the more personal touch, the mm. more meaning it is also for the recipient, mm. you know, that they, that person put that much time mm-hmm. thought about, you know, those things that they liked and actually put that into something and made it 
personal just for them. Mm-hmm. It's not something bought off a website. It's not, you know, a recipe that us girls just know off the top of our head because we know the name of that arrangement. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes them smile. Yeah. And you're talking about the personal touch. I, you know, one thing that I've always thought, like flowers, um, there's something timeless about mm-hmm. f- flowers uh, as a gesture um, that you would think with the internet innovation, e-commerce, AI, everything, digital, everything. There's other industries, brick and mortar bookstores, brick and mortar music stores, um, sometimes even like brick and mortar banks like that are having to really change and pivot because people aren't coming there anymore because they can get the same experience or a better experience online or delivered to them, you know, two day prime shipping or something like that. And yet what makes flowers or the flower industry able to withstand, you know, there's nothing new or innovative necessarily in the flower world. Like I'm not hearing about like new, incredible hybrid flowers always coming out, or at least it doesn't make the news in my circles. No. And, and, and to you, it wouldn't, (laughs) um, to be, to be honest, like there's always right now, there's a, this weekend, to be honest, there is a humongous, um, flower show in Chicago and they're coming from all over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's new breed of roses. Like you see, you see these things and they get brought to our suppliers if we don't make it. So they're the the flower industry. It's, it's more of what's available. Um, what's not being damaged during storms, what can be shipped here. So that's kind of how the flower industry, I would say has changed a little bit and have kept up because we've all had to get very creative with our designs Mm. and kind of change Mm -hmm. how everything looked before. Everything had a style I feel before. mm. And uh, over the last three, four years, everything has gotten very whimsical and very, you know, unique, creative, lots of shapes, lots of different flowers, lots of different weeds are being you see on the side of the road is, somewhere is, actually really cool. In is an that arrangement. because the uh, supply chain disruptions and stuff happened? Mm-hmm. Everyone had to get a little bit more creative to keep things going. That makes sense to me. I, I think what I was trying to say previously with the, the innovation comment was, you know, it's not it's not the latest iPhone that just came mm-hmm. out that gets announced. And now, it, oh, it's new. People line up to go get it. Flower shops aren't saying, hey, everyone, here's the new rows to make people line up no but flowers themselves the idea of a gift of Mm -hmm. a floral arrangement that's not going away what is it that makes flower arrangements flowers themselves stand the test of time and not need to necessarily innovate or become you know you don't need to put a qr code on a flower just to no. keep up with the times. Like, what is it that makes it? You Flowers know, stand I the just, test. I, I couldn't even answer that question because I just think they're all so beautiful. So I'm probably the worst to answer that question. Flowers to me are just so beautiful. Um, and maybe that's it, is flowers grow. Mm. They grow with us. They grow with our change. Mm. They're seasonal. Things are so different from fall to summer to spring, to Mm. winter. And that kind of partakes in a lot of our designs as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we go along with those color schemes, but as things trend, I would say with home decor and the way people decorate, all of us designers do kind of 
walk that path with everybody, change our vases, change some of our fillers to a lot of those things people are putting in their homes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'd say all the florists in our area are really good about that. Yeah. Actually listening to what people are using in normal Mm -hmm. day to day. And what, I mean, because if you want a centerpiece, you don't want it to completely stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want it to match. So yeah. we kind of see where where those trends go and you kind of walk down that same road with them and move those things around. You know, the more modern is actually really coming in, coming back mm. um, tropical. Mm-hmm. Some of those, sure. you know, less flowers, more just big statement pieces. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, lots of greenery, mm-hmm. you know, with maybe some more of the simpler one or two flowers rather than 17 in one. So we're timeless and we're trendy. I would say flowers are. They're sure. a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think one of the things that so I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth right now, because on one thing, it's a beautiful thing about flowers is how fragile they are, <laughs> how, you know, they they do wilt fairly quickly in the grand scheme of things, even when you do your best job to take care of an arrangement or put flowers in a vase. What you're looking a week tops two, two weeks. If the house is like perfect temperature, perfect water, you're trimming your stems. Yeah. And so there's something, something beautiful about something that is fleeting that the, the moment that it's there, it matters because it's not forever. You know, it's not a, it's not a, you know, a, a gem or a painting that is like, Yes, it is going to stay there. You have to be present with the flower as it's blooming because then it's going to wilt and be thrown away. The other side of my mouth pragmatically goes, yeah, that's what's awful about flowers. They die and you have to go buy new ones, right? But for a business owner like yourself, I'm sure, you know, that is one of the reasons why this industry is good because, you know, you have repeat customers. How do you ensure to make... When you are doing, when you're providing a a tangible thing like flowers, that is a nicety, right? Like it's a it's a luxury. It's not it's not bread or milk. Right. Um, it is a a statement piece or a gift or something like that. How do you make sure to um, build enough of a customer base or recurring relationships with individuals or businesses? You know, I'm asking from like a business owner perspective of like, well, right what have now, you learned in that in that field? I have learned to buy better, better pricing for my customers, um, different farms, different flower farmers. Right now, it's we start every summer. It starts in June, and I believe it ends somewhere depending on the weather, of course, um, end of October, beginning of November. Mm, but mm-hmm, it's. Um, mm-hmm called I do wildflower Friday, but I'm able to get these bouquets that would normally be $50, $60 and sell them for 20 bucks. Oh, wow. So that's something I do now every Friday and Saturday all the way leading up till I can't get them anymore. And so is that just because <laughs> you've been able to price them from your supplier better and you just pass yes. along that to your customer? Mm-hmm. Is Absolutely. That, has that been a... And sometimes it's not even worth, uh, you know, making huge amounts of money off any of it. Sometimes mm. it's, I want people to have nice things in their home. Yeah. I want people to enjoy these flowers before they die in my cooler. Yeah. Like it's, I deal with perishables all day long. I would rather them be, you know, discounted significantly to get some use in somebody's home than sitting in my cooler Yeah. for not a, a price that's going to move them. Has that been something that has allowed you to 
get new customers as like yes. kind of an outreach effort or a marketing mm-hmm. effort? What is what are some of the other things that you do to try and uh, I mean, Lunchroom Floors, because it's been around as long as it has in this area, at least is a recognized name. But anything that's been around that long. It is also sometimes hard to compete with the new or the, you know, the new location of someone else or, you know, how do you how do you make sure to stay present in people's minds? I have really dove into sympathy gifts for not just older people. We are in a day and age where it's all ages mm. are unfortunately not staying with us as long as they should. Yeah, um, yeah. People of all ages are also experiencing loss. Mm-hmm. So I have tried to now find better things for them. Mm. Um, memorial pieces that somebody like you or I would have displayed, you know, as a home decor piece. Yeah. That's a huge thing. And plants, rare plants, all plants, 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 plants. I love plants. Mm-hmm. So whenever I can find a good greenhouse that will ship to Sterling, Illinois, I try to make their minimums and I try to get whatever is the most unique that they have there. Mm. Why is it that it's uh, w- what brought your passion to bring unique plants or unique flowers? We don't have a whole lot of places that that do that. Um I believe flower shops have traditionally had your peace lilies, your palms, your, you know, your few 10 greenhouse plants. You know, there's six or seven blooming that are just always in rotation at every flower shop. You probably don't know the names, but you could nope. pick them out if I showed you pictures. Sure. You know, yeah. absolutely. You know, they're even in a grocery store in that type of area. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, everybody can take care of a plant as long as they're guided correctly. You know, you say that to me, but I I wear the title Black Thumb proudly um, as the thumb of death rather than a green thumb because uh, we have yet to keep a plant alive in my house. So I might need to. So that means you're really good at dusting fake plants. Oh, uh, the rule in our house is fake or snake. I love that. And uh, that is that's what we live by. Um, and my wife and I uh, love greenery in our house, but it's all fake or the two snake plants we have that cannot die though i've i've tried my best and those ones they are they're they're, pretty awesome they're voracious yeah absolutely i want to know just kind of back to your perspective as a business owner newly owning this business but established in the industry for a long time what is what's one lesson as a business owner that you've learned in the last year patience talk more about that patience um as being i like to say in my infancy of business ownership i Really, you have to learn patience with your staff, yourself, your family, your friends. As you, as your life changes, all of their life with you is changing. So they also, yeah. everybody around you has to adapt to your new lifestyle, mm-hmm. what's going on in your life. And sometimes that's hard um, to not be as available, not be around as much, mm-hmm. not being able to drop what you're doing to even, you know, I... Sometimes you're on the way somewhere and you get a phone call that mm-hmm. you need to go to the shop to make a funeral piece yep. or something was forgotten. Sometimes families have so much going on. We'll have a funeral home give us a call because it slipped the family's mind. Yeah, yeah. So I, I always have to be available to help somebody. Mm. And sometimes that's, you know, being patient with yourself on that and not getting frustrated. How do you balance that with making sure that you still have enough margin to not get burnt out? Um, 
It's actually something I have learned a lot over the last six months. I'll say I struggled the first year and a half. It was hard because you strive for perfection. Yeah. Learning to be patient with yourself. Mm. Um, not overthinking what your staff's doing, what you're doing to grow fast enough. You know, mm. you have to be patient with your the growth of your business. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, that's helpful. And I know that, you know, there's business owners who listen to this show. And, you know, <coughs> I, I think it's it, for me, it's always interesting learning uh, just some of those self-leadership lessons that we can use, whether we are in the business world, in the nonprofit world, education, just in our own home. Self-leadership is a m- important thing. Um, I, now I'm curious about just your perspective as a, a local someone who lives here, who works here, um, who, who came back to invest in this area. And so as you live and work here in the Sauk Valley, what are things that are still missing or that you would change if you could? If there's, there's one thing I tell everybody, um, I have a a customer named Kelly. She's dear to my heart. She's another um, local business owner. And I was just speaking with her about this. We have riverfront from the Mississippi to Byron, Oregon. And we're, I just feel like we don't have enough on it. Mm. We don't have enough riverfront restaurants. Mm. We don't, I mean, I just, I don't know. Boat rentals, any, any of that outdoor Mm -hmm. waterfront activity. I I do love what we're about to do here. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Um, Sterling. Yeah. Excuse me. That's okay. Um, no, I do love what we're about to do. I just wish we started doing it sooner. Yeah. Because now I'm going to be in my 40s, and it would have been really cool if I was in my <clears throat> younger years. Yep, yep. Yeah, so now on the other side of the coin, what are things that get you excited about this area? What are things that give you hope here in this area? I love the fact that there are new businesses everywhere. Mm. Um, there is business owners younger than me. There's business owners my age. There's people who are just diving into it, you know, yep. that are older than me. Yep. The fact that we have so much um, being put back into our community from mm. our community is mm-hmm. something that I say in the next five years, we're going to be as cool as Galena. And, you know, oh, and, and like I would, Easily. Lo- I would love, love it to be more of a destination, especially with everything coming in. A block mm-hmm. ahead of me, you know, mm-hmm. Marshall's mm-hmm. Hobby Lobby. Like I'm going to start a design fee. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody can go to Hobby Lobby, do all of that. You get frustrated. Come to the shop. I'll design it for you once you can't figure it out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's I, I'm really excited for what's that just means more, mm-hmm. more yep. restaurants, more hopefully opportunity. more opportunity for people to just learn a new trade even. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, um, what is it that uh, you think makes this area have so many people who want to stick around and invest here? You know, that's a really good question because you feel like everybody gets frustrated with this area because that small town mentality, but that's mm-hmm. the exact mentality that keeps them here. Mm. You know, everybody yeah. who moves away comes back. They miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they come visit and love it. It's, you know, it's different there mm-hmm. for a while. It was, it was pretty stagnant, but I feel like we have really, really, really changed and we're mm. going in the right direction. Mm, yeah. No, I guess there's only up from here. We can yeah. only go up. 
Yeah. No, and I, I, I'm encouraged by you saying that, but I, I feel it myself too, of just re- recognizing and knowing, you know, this area is full of people who uh, don't just want to sit on, sit on the sidelines, but want to uh, get involved, mm-hmm. want to jump in, want to be a part of the solution. Um, and that, I mean, it's an encouraging thing. It's an exciting thing to be a part of. It's one of the things that my wife and I love about being here while we're glad to be here. The um, chamber, Main Street, you know, mm-hmm. those, those are, you know, going to continue to grow. I feel like every time I get on Facebook, there's somebody sharing a new business coming. Yep. It's, yep. it's, it's incredible just to see where everybody was during COVID and how scared everybody was, what was going to happen around here too. Holy moly. We have all these people wanting to move here. Yeah. We have all these businesses coming now. Yep. Like it's, it's wild. What's yeah. even in Dixon. Mm-hmm. Like we are just, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. I just yeah. love it. It gets yeah. me excited. Some stuttering. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. No, it gets me excited. Um, before we wrap up, um, if people wanted to get in touch with you um, or if they wanted to kind of see what's going on with you guys over there at Flor- uh, Lunchroom Florist, what's the best way for people to contact you or if they want to know uh, things coming up in the future for you guys? I would say we have three different personalities on social media. So we show more of our creative, silly side on TikTok. Okay. We have... Uh, a little bit more of weddings and flowers on our Instagram page, but our Facebook shows a little bit of everything. And we also like to share on Facebook a lot of our friends and other business mm-hmm. owners. So we, we like to share a lot of what's going on in the community as well. So those are our three different personalities, I like to say. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so if someone wanted to like reach out to you guys, would it be best to just send a DM or You can send a website? DM. You can stop by at 1709 East 3rd Street and give us a call. Yeah. The- and you guys just recently renovated it as well, right? We took down the old awning and we painted the shop for the first time. We got a new sidewalk out front. Wow. Yes. We're trying to, we've redone the floors on the inside. We're getting ready to change up the cooler so it's a little bit more accessible for customers to make their own bouquet Mm. we've got a lot of a lot of great change coming so flowers are going to be a little bit more trendy at our shop how great that's so exciting no i super appreciate it and um ashley just thank you so much for your time thank you for being here on the show absolutely thank you for having me yeah and until next time on the sock valley spotlight podcast I am your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place that we call home. Home.